Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Have you ever wondered what it's like to witness a murder? Forrest grabbed the knife and then just stabbed Johnny in one motion. Or how it feels to be shot? I was immediately hit by a barrage of bullets. Or how you would react if your spouse hired someone to kill you? And he was to put me in a grave with a bullet wound on my head. These are the stories you'll hear on the podcast called What Was That Like? True stories told by the actual person who went through it. You'll hear from a stalking victim. Came back upstairs and when I came back and turned the corner into my room, I saw him standing there. You'll hear from a man who was kidnapped and tortured. I would do anything, say anything, to simply get away. And you'll hear actual 911 calls. Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Take a deep breath. Oh my God! Real people in unreal situations. Search for What Was That Like on any podcast app or at whatwasthatlike.com. There were two more murders 15 miles away. We arrived, they found the telephone have and a electricity line. The weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. We've all heard the stories of cursed movie scenes and unlucky actors. On October 5th, 2002, another member of the Little Rascals gang met a violent and untimely death. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, Sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. J.R. Smith, born August 29, 1915, began his acting career when he was just 10 years old, when he was hired to appear in the in the R Game film short series between 1925 and 1931. He, a little bit older than the other cast members, was billed as Freckles, Pinky, or Specs in 17 of the shorts his last being a talkie titled Moan and Groan, Inc. He didn't feel as though his performance transitioned well into talkies and quit acting in 1929. The R-Gang films would later be syndicated to television as The Little Rascals. Out of the business, Jay moved on to serve in the U.S. Army during World War II, moved to Hawaii to join a retail painting business, marry a woman named Mabel Case, retire, and move to Los Angeles, Nevada. By 2002, Jay was an 87-year-old widower living in a small community just 25 miles from Las Vegas. This is when he met a man named Charles Wayne Crombie. Charles was a 52-year-old homeless handyman who Jay hired and let live in the fixed-up shed on his property. And things seemed to be going well until Jay's daughter noticed that, after seeing her father at the very beginning of October, he seemed to disappear. 
as did James Crombie. She asked the neighbors, who said they hadn't seen the men either, not even to check the mail. Worried, she called and reported him missing to the Nevada police. When they arrived at his home, they saw that the carpet had been scrubbed clean, but still appeared to be bloodstained, and a number of items were missing from the home. An extensive search began for the once-child actor, and on October 5th, 2002, while looking in a desert near the city, they found his partially nude body wrapped in a sheet near Interstate 15. His cause of death was multiple stab wounds. Knowing Charles had gone missing around the same time, he became the prime suspect almost immediately. He was arrested on October 24th and charged on the 30th after going on a bit of a spending spree. He charged Jay's debit card for several movie tickets, withdrew more than $3,200 in cash, and pawned his TV and VCR, all while driving his stolen vehicle. While in custody, he confessed to the murder. He was tried and sentenced to two consecutive life terms in prison and was serving those sentences when he died on July 17, 2014 from chronic illness. Now, here is something interesting to note. J.R. Smith was not the first member of the gang to die an unnatural death, though he was one of the oldest. Carl Switzer, who played Alfalfa, was shot to death when he was just 31 years old. Norman Chaney, who played Chubby, weighed almost 300 pounds by the time he was 18 and underwent surgery. He never fully recovered and died at 21. William Thomas, who famously played Buckwheat, died at 49 from a heart attack, while Darla Hood contracted hepatitis from a blood transfusion and died at 47 just the year before. Kendall McCormis, who played Breezy Brisbane, killed himself at age 64. William Robert Laughlin, who played Froggy, was killed in a scooter accident at age 16. And Mikey Daniels of liver disease at 55. There was also Matthew Bear, who played Stymie, who died of a stroke at age 56 after living a life of crime and drugs, Scotty Beckett, who was beaten to death at 38, and Robert Hutchins, Weezer, who was killed in a plane accident at 19 years old. Even Pete the Pup wasn't immune. He was poisoned by an unknown assailant. And though he is not dead, another member of the gang would have his name every newspaper when Robert Blake, who played Spanky, was famously acquitted for killing his wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on October 6th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.